And, you know, in so many ways, that's what 2020 is, has, I think has meant to me. And I think to a lot of other people, like, you know what, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to need a bigger boat. You're listening to my friend Dave Tucker talking about his favorite music of 2020 on this episode of Michael Loves Indie. Hi, friends. Welcome to Michael Loves Indie. I've really been looking forward to this episode. As you know, music's a big part of my life. I spend a lot of my day thinking about music and listening to new music and playing music. Um, and then my friend Dave Tucker, I think, takes it to another level. He, he plays a lot of different instruments. He's got maybe the broadest range of musical interests of anyone I know. I mean, Dave, you, you can have a conversation with him going really deep on you know, rock, roots music, soul, jazz, classical music. And he's always on a mission to discover new music every year. He comes out with a compilation CD that he shares with friends, and I look forward to it every year. So this year, especially with 2020 being an unforgettable year, uh, challenging year for the entire world, um, Dave's playlist definitely reflects what he was thinking about in 2020. I add a few of my favorite selections as well, and we just have a conversation, kind of like we always do at the end of the year, talking about our favorite music, and I thought I'd record it. I hope you enjoy it. So here's Dave Tucker talking about his favorite music of 2020. Dave, thanks for taking the time to do this. Glad to be here. Yeah. My, my, you know, my only, um, as you know, my only intent was to capture for posterity a conversation like what we've had the last couple of years. I've been honored to get your compilation the last few years because it's like, like I said before, I try to stay current with things, but you draw from a broader spectrum than I think anybody I know. Um, yeah. Yeah, so 2020 uh, represents my 10th year of putting this set list together. So started back in 2011, um, just kind of trying to think about what I'd been listening to uh, throughout the year um, and uh, trying to turn on some of my friends who uh, listen to some music or lots of music, uh, various things that I'd been listening to to throughout the year. And so here we are at the end of 2020 and what a year it's been. Yeah. Well, I think, I think we'll get right into it with a, a track. And again, this is why we do this. Um, the jazz drummer, Micaiah McRaven, who I was not familiar with as a big jazz fan myself, did a, um, uh, an album called We're New Again, a reimagining called Micaiah McRaven, including audio from Gil Scott Heron, who died uh, almost a decade ago. Um, can you, before I play the clip, can you tell me how you came across this recording? Yeah, well, so I've been listening to Micaiah McRaven for a while. He did a record in 2018 called Universal Beings, which was, which was really, really good. He's a, he's a, uh, you know, kind of a, he's a drummer, 
band leader, collaborator, uh, and uh, he, I think he, he self-describes himself as a beat scientist or something like that. I mean, he just loves beats. And so uh, I really in, I, I, so I, I really enjoyed that record. And then uh, Gil Scott Heron is a guy that just had huge influence on me as a kid. You know, I grew up in Southern Indiana uh, with not a whole lot of diversity and particularly not a whole lot of kind of uh, black power uh, or world justice uh, kind of uh, daily uh, daily discussions, right? Or yeah. priority. Um, and when I was first exposed to Gil Scott Heron, you know, as a as a high schooler, it just completely blew me away. Yeah. Um, you know, I I, it, I was in a you know I was in a Methodist youth group uh, that was paying attention to what was going on in South Africa, uh, and Gil Scott Heron had that ha, had that single uh, Johannesburg. You know, what's yeah. the word Johannesburg? And he just was he just was so cool, uh, and he appeared on Saturday Night Live, um, and and it was so great. You know, and then uh, and then when I heard his song uh, "The Revolution Will Not Be Televised," yep. I think that's still just a just a hugely great classic record um and then he and then he just he just died just a tragic death uh uh and several years back you know when he was when he was kind of at the end of his life there was a new yorker profile on him mccraven comes out with this thing this year um and it's just it's really really good from top to bottom um but you know you've got this uh me and the devil i mean it just it's just so uh, so dark and sinister. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. This is uh, me and the devil from Makai McRaven and Gil Scott Heron. interesting and you know kind of dark and you know you've got obviously these recordings of uh gil scott heron with some sampled i'm hearing you know some uh sampled instruments uh some live jazz instrumentation it's really cool i, I will uh i will check that out yeah really updated and and then you know the other the other element of that that, that really grabbed me uh from this particular song is uh you know that whole kind of rootsy uh, blues tradition of Robert Johnson at the crossroads, right? Absolutely. You know, so, uh, so yeah, hope, hope people enjoy that one. Yeah. So that is, um, 
from We're New Again, a reimagining by Micaiah McCraven. Uh, Dave, up next, you had a track from uh, Bonnie Light Horseman. Again, an artist that um, I w- it was a, it's a group. I was familiar with a couple of the artists, but again, uh, the album I'm not familiar with. Yeah, tell me about how you came across Bonnie Light Horseman. Yeah, so uh, Anias Mitchell is one of the three members of what they, they they've they've been termed by music critics this year as a folk supergroup. I'm not even sure what that term actually means, uh, but it's Anias Mitchell and Eric Johnson and Josh Kaufman, uh, three really noted uh, musicians uh, in their own right. Um, Anias Mitchell, though, I've been following uh, really pretty closely for almost a, I guess I guess a decade now. Um, and, and she's known, uh, she's been known in the folk, folk music scene for a while. Uh, but what the way that most mainstream people will know her is that she was the, she, she was the person behind, uh, the Broadway blockbuster Hades town, um, which, which, which won, you know, an armload of Tony's, uh, a couple of years ago. Um, and, uh, and, and believe it or not, I shock myself sometimes, uh, to know that, you know, I, I came across that Hades Town CD uh, when it came out in 2010. Uh, I checked it out from the, from the Indianapolis Public Library, and I just thought it was, I just thought it was great. It's, a, it, it, it's the story, you know, of Orpheus and Eridice, uh, you know, uh, Orpheus going to the underworld to retrieve his betrothed. Um, and, and one of the things about that, I mean, uh, uh, the project came about from Anais Mitchell doing a, uh, like a group theater project in Vermont. Uh, but Justin Vernon, a Boney Vere heard about it, got behind it. He was one of the, he was one of the principal characters on the original Town record from, from 2010. Uh, but I just, I, I just love that record then. I loved how, uh, you know, you you stick with it, you stick with it, you stick with it, and uh, you know, and then eventually, uh, you know, pe- pe- people come to recognize it, and yeah. uh, and so you know, just one of those, just one of those great stories in uh, uh, in my mind, um, and so uh, and I and I picked deep in love off of this uh, uh, off of this self titled Bonnie Light Horseman. Um, record, uh, just because I, I, I just thought it's a, a beautiful, a, a beautiful song uh, with great harmonies. And, and uh, so, yeah. Yeah. This is Deep in Love, Bonnie Light Horseman. Both red. 
a lot of uh, a lot of depth to that that arrangement. You know, it's like uh, kind of you kind of hear it's definitely a, a folk based song, but then there's a lot of I, I encourage people to listen to it on good speakers or headphones because it's really beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Lots of layers to that thing. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and for people that, you know, like to kind of run down those rabbit holes of various, you know, creative collaborations, you know, look up Eric D. Johnson, you know, and Josh Kaufman. I mean, these these guys are just in like tons and tons of projects with with really great people, you know, and and, and you particularly, you know, you you kind of see see folks that you're 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 interested in you know then find their sidemen you know find the people that that collaborate with them and go down those paths and you find lots of really great music that's for sure yeah so dave next up you had a track by brandy clark the great songwriter she's been at it for a long time um that's a you know brandy clark i realize is a rabbit hole that any of us can go go down both the songs that she's done as a solo artist and then written with other people. And this track was called Bigger Boat featuring one of my musical heroes, Randy Newman. Um, again, this, I, I missed this one and it's, it's, it's very, also very relevant. You know, the lyrics very relevant to 2020. What can you tell me about this song? Well, you know, Bigger Boat is, uh, it, it's one of those songs that uh, is, is silly, very, very silly in, on the one hand, uh, but just tremendously relevant uh, to, to today and i think that's the way randy newman has always been right i mean he's he'll he'll he'll, he'll throw that off the cuff remark you know or that uh that satirical uh line um and uh, and sometimes it's you know sometimes it's funny sometimes it's infuriating uh but it's always close to 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 what we ought to be thinking about uh, yeah. at, le at least at least that's that's what i've always believed uh and i just think i just think it's a it, it's just a it's just a great song you know uh for anybody who's who's been around for a while or has gone back and you know watched the the jaws movie uh steven spielberg movie you know from the from the mid 70s uh bigger boat is a it's a reference to to a line in that movie uh where this big where this big shark, you know, swims up to this to this fishing boat that's captained by Captain Quint, and you've got the you've got the police chief uh, uh, Brody or whatever his name is, and you've got the oceanographer Hooper, you know, who, who with all these people that that were famous, you know, became famous actors, but this giant shark, you know, rams this boat, and the and the police chief says to the captain. I think we're going to need a bigger boat, uh, which I think that's where the, that's where the song kind of yeah. comes out of. And, you know, in so many ways, that's what 2020 is, has, I think has meant to me. And I think to a lot of other people, like, you know what, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to need a bigger boat. I love it. And then, and then of course, uh, you know, Randy Newman, you know, I would say, you know, for, for anybody who's uninitiated to, to Randy Newman, go back to, uh, you know, 1970, uh, 12 songs sail away, sail away just two yeah. two of the two of the greatest two of the greatest albums uh ever and then you know uh you know come up to the present one of one of my favorite songs that i like to cover and play play and sing myself is uh you know you've got a friend in me from toy yeah, story absolutely so, yeah that's brilliant here's bigger boat
was another one that was that was really good. Um, and certainly, uh, thank you for uh, for turning me on to that. I did go back uh, after you had, uh, you know, kind of introduced me to this. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, there, there are some people that kind of carry on uh, the message, uh, you know, of what's going on locally in music. And so I listened to Kyle Long's interview with uh, uh, with Clint Breeze, you know, on uh, uh, on Cultural Manifesto, WFYI. Yeah. That's a really good show. I, I every chance sure. I get listen to that, went back to it. And then uh, I also went back and and caught that interview uh, that uh, the drink culture uh, podcast uh, did of him yeah. uh, too. And it, it looks to me like drink culture may be on a uh, maybe on a hiatus, uh, but, uh, but boy, they, uh, they've got a lot of, uh, really great episodes, uh, that are still, you know, very, very current, at least as far as, uh, at, at least as far as somebody like, uh, like, like me is concerned. So, uh, and, you know, uh, speaking of, you know, uh, the, uh, you know, Clint Breeze and, uh, it, it, you know, kind of hitting the scene. I mean, it, it was just so evident, you know, from their web presence, uh, that they had this thing teed up uh, and ready to go, yep. uh, and then just everything kind of just 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 collapsed on them, uh, yeah. like everybody, like like all the artists this with year the but, with the pandemic and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's great. I mean, it's just you know, credit to them for just pushing through it and just making this fantastic album. Uh, definitely check them out, um, Dave. You had up next. You had a track by Tame Impala, Kevin Parker, responsible for some of the best music really the past decade. And uh, again, I'm glad you shared this because I caught the albums, the slow rush. I kind of caught it and then the pandemic hit and I kind of missed it. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you did. Um, yeah. How have, have you been a, a Tame Impala fan for a while? Well, yeah. I mean, I, you know, they've, they've made half a dozen records over the years. Right. And so uh, um, what was the, the most recent one uh, before this 2015 occurrence? That was a, that was a really, really, really good record. Uh, and, you know, I think, one of those songs almost made my list uh, back then. So yeah. I've always, I've always paid attention to this. This is a little bit outside of my uh, typical uh, wheelhouse um, as far as, uh, cause it's, you know, pretty beat heavy, pretty synth heavy, uh, but uh, uh, going, you know, kind of going into 2021, this was, I, I think, you know, this single was released in, uh, in at the end of 19, uh, the record came out in early uh, 2020, the, the entire record did. And, uh, you know, I just I was just thinking about how fun it was going to be to, uh, you know, to see Tame Impala, hopefully live, you know, in a really, really big, uh, you know, music festival setting with yep. people just just going crazy to this music. I mean, it just it's just so danceable. Uh, and such, uh, you know, you know, the, the, the music just was, was a kick. Uh, but then, you know, for me in 2020, it also kind of became, uh, one of those kind of bedroom anthems, you know, uh, close the door, play, you know, turn the, turn the music up loud, uh, and dance, uh, uh, and dance around, uh, to it, uh, inside because we weren't going to be able to see it out loud. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think, you know, I also think that, you know, uh, the lines in this, the, the lyrics in this music, you know, he, he says, you know, it might be time to face it. You, you know, you aren't as young as you used to be. You, you aren't as cool as you used to be. Right. Yep. Uh, but then, then, but then he clinches it with, but you might as well embrace it. Right. I so it. I, I just, I just absolutely love that message. I love so. it. The track is called it might be time. This is tame Impala off uh, the slow rush released earlier this year. 
love it. You know, you've got some, uh, you know, maybe a super tramp era, uh, uh, electric piano happening there. Uh, and, uh, but then also very, like you said, I mean, it's something you could hear, you'd hear at a club, uh, combines a lot of different influences. Yeah. You know, and I know that there, there are lots of people that, uh, you know, make music the way that Kevin Parker makes music, but, you know, I grew up, uh, kind of with, uh, you know, your typical rock and roll band setup, yeah. you know, drummer, bassist, rhythm guitar, lead guitar, singer, right? Yep. Uh, and I just love seeing these guys make music because it's, you know, it's three or four people all just standing around computers, you know, and synthesizers, you know, pressing buttons. It's just, uh, it's just a kick to me to, to, to see them actually do that too. Yeah. I love it. And you can, he also, I appreciate Kevin Parker. Also, he, there's a lot of stuff out there about how he composes his tracks and how he builds tracks. He's pretty generous like that. So he's definitely somebody who's a lot of fun. So that is Tame Impala. The LP is the slow rush. Dave, up next, you had an artist, uh, Courtney Marie Andrews. The LP is Old Flowers, definitely in the folk kind of indie folk uh, tradition. Um, how did yeah. you come across uh Courtney Marie Andrews, female singer songwriter, right? So, uh, I, I, I am not sure exactly how I came across this Flowers album. Um, it came out middle of the year, and uh, and I somehow got on a you know kind of kind of got on a list for me to listen to, and I listened to the I I just started listening to the record, and I just I just loved the entire record. Uh, it has not gotten a huge amount of, uh, you know, kind of kind of critical acclaim or lots of lots of press, but I would put it right up there with with any other record um, that came out in in 2020, particularly if, you know, if that kind of female singer songwriter thing is is, is something is, is something that you like. I mean, I went back and, you know, kind of kind of did a little research on her because I didn't know I didn't know who Courtney Marie Andrew was, but but she's put out a bunch of she's put out a bunch of records over the last, you know, she's been at it. She's been she's yeah. been at it for the last, you know, dozen or so years. She's had I think this is her third uh, record on a on a on a recognized you know nationwide uh, label and I I hadn't heard of her yeah um, but I I sure hope that she uh, I hope she continues to put out good music uh, like this and and uh, you know like I said Old Flowers is one of my you know albums of the year and if I told just is it's just one of those songs that I've listened to numerous times over the last six months I just love it great so again this is courtney marie andrews it's the song is called if i told off of the lp old flowers it's a fall la and we're alone for the first time on Venice Beach Under palm trees Tell me your dreams And I'll tell you mine What would you say If I told you You're my last thought At the end of each night Would you believe me who would you even reply? 
she's got a Courtney Marie Andrews got a big following in the UK. Uh, I discovered in preparation for the show, which is pretty cool. You can read more about her in uh, Mojo and New Musical Express. So oh, yeah, pretty cool. And you know, I also think uh, there may not be a better uh, uh, love song lyric uh this year than uh that line that you heard in the opening you know you're uh you know you're you're my last thought at the end of the night you know i just think that's i just think it's a it's just a beautiful sentiment and uh a loving way to express how you feel about a person absolutely so um dave you told me i mean you told me that you try to include a protest song in your year-end uh, list that you do every year. And, um, this year you included, I mean, this year there was a lot, a lot of great material happening in the world to inspire protest songs. The, uh, killing of George Floyd inspired this song under the devil's knee by, uh, the singer songwriter Trey Burt. And this definitely made your, your year end list. Um, what can you tell us about this song? Well, I, you know, I, it seems like every year a protest song tends to make it on the list. I don't do it necessarily intentionally, but I, I okay. do feel very strongly uh, about the idea that, uh, that music uh, can be an instrument for social consciousness uh, primarily, and maybe to a little lesser extent, social change. Um, and, uh, and so I think every year there are artists that uh, come up with uh, material uh, that is, uh, that's, that's relevant um, and that uh, needs to be needs to be heard um, and maybe expressed in a way that uh, that that people might not might not pay attention to it or might not get the message. Uh, uh, but for uh, but for hearing it in, uh, in in that manner, you know, it uh, go, it goes back, you know, to uh, the second uh, the second uh, uh, year end uh, list that I put out in 2012 uh, was called uh, this set list kills fascists, yeah. uh, which was a, which was a reference to, um, you know, the hand scrawled, uh, lines on Woody Guthrie's guitar, which, yeah. uh, which was this guitar kills fascists, right. You know, uh, for, for me, you know, all this stuff, uh, you know, uh, begins, uh, with Woody Guthrie, you know, and traces a line, um, you know, through Bob Dylan and, and to the, and to the present day, uh, what I'd also say is that, you know, uh, earlier in the year, um, I, I, I was so uh, downhearted uh, about what was going on in this country uh, with police brutality and coronavirus uh, and the prospects of, uh, of an election um, that uh, I started putting together. I, I, I actually had an entire list of protest songs. Uh, and was thinking that I might get to the end of the year and 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 do an entire set list of protest songs, but uh, but one day in October I put them all on, listened to them, and it even it even depressed me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I I couldn't bear the I couldn't bear the thought that that's all the year would come down to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, under the devil's knee, uh, uh, I, I just think it's a I think it's a really really great. Uh, a way of capturing, you know, what what was going on with George Floyd and other people, uh, and uh, interesting way that I came came about this was I I heard it for the first time on the uh, virtual uh, presentation of the Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival, which is a music festival that goes on in October every year 
uh, uh, in San Francisco's Golden Gate Park. It's just a great music festival. I've always wanted to go to it. It's free um, and great artists have appeared at it, you know, over all the years uh, uh, that it's been going on. Um, and then this year they couldn't do it because of coronavirus. So they did it virtually. It's online and it's really good. Anybody that's kind of interested in any of that, uh, you know, hardly strictly bluegrass, which is that kind of rootsy yeah. Americana, uh acoustic instruments but they play electric and um you know and and juice it up a little bit so yeah. uh but that's where that's where i came across this song and i just think it's uh, i i just think it's a great message for 2020 it's great so the artist is trey burt the song is called under the devil's knee George Floyd was a young boy in a project called the Briggs. It was hard to see a way out of Houston, Texas. And all them kids were teaser because of where we live. But he never planned to stay long. Cooney Holmes kid, guess his love for basketball got him a scholarship all the way at South Florida State. Came back after two years looking for a job But got wrapped back up in bullshit Played guilty to the law George came out of prison with his head on straight Teaching all the neighborhood children the good old Christian way Till his life was taken from him So that's Under the Devil's Knee, a song, very literal song about George Floyd by the artist Trey Burt uh, featuring Layla McCalla, Allison Russell, and Sonny War. Um, definitely an affecting song, uh, talking about the killing of George Floyd, which impacted so much, uh, and the, just the whole conversation, the awareness about racism and police brutality, uh, you know, this year. Um, so definitely check that out. Dave, up next, uh, the great Bob Dylan, you know, the Rough and Rowdy Ways album came out. And again, as we've talked about this before, I'm an admirer of Dylan. I'm definitely not a Dylan diehard. And this album came out. I kind of thought, oh, that's, that's kind of interesting. And man, I mean, for, first of all, with Murder Most Foul, which I think ended up being his number one, his first number one hit, the way our charts work today. He's almost 80 years old when this, when this comes out. Uh, Dave, what can you tell us about uh, Rough and Rowdy Ways? Well, I just think it's a, I just think it's a great record. Um, you know, at, uh, you know, almost 80 and, uh, and, uh, and a Nobel laureate, uh, Dylan doesn't have anything necessarily to prove. Um, and he also, you know, has a, you know, has a catalog of, of, of songs in the hundreds. Uh, there's, there's no real need to, to write any new songs necessarily. Right. right. Uh, but he, he's a creative artist and the way that he expresses himself, uh, is through new music uh, that he continues to turn out, and it's and I just I I, I just think he's he he right now is uh, at a creative high point in his career as far as I'm concerned, um, and you know you track it back to to basically 1960 you know to to now I mean you're at, you're at 60 years of uh, of output I mean it's like it, it's it's 90 some albums. Um, you know, just, just, just an amazing output of, uh, uh, of original, uh, work and, uh, rough and 
Rowdy was a record that I listened to on numerous occasions. Uh, a murder most foul. I mean, clocks in at 17, 18 minutes, something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think you could write it off as kind of a name-checking exercise uh, about the John Kennedy uh, assassination. Um, but but no, it's so much it's so much more um, than that. Uh, and, uh, and, and I would also say, you know, so, you know, from this record, I picked, uh, Mother of Muses, which I, I think is just a, is just a, a great song and, and may have for me the 2020, you know, overall, uh, closing lyric of a song, uh, you know, which is, which is I'm traveling light, but I'm still coming home. I love um, it. So just, I just absolutely think that's a, think that's a great line. This is Mother of Muses, Bob Dylan. Mother of Muses, sing for me. Sing of the mountains and the deep dark sea. Sing of the lakes and the nymphs of the forest. Sing your hearts out, all you women of the chorus. Sing of honor and faith and glory be. Mother of muses, sing for me. Mother of muses, sing for my heart. He's got some more uh, even melodic songwriting on this album than, than what I'm used to hearing, Dave. It's really interesting. Like this one, this one got me probably more than any um, Dylan album of, of new music in 20 years, I think, uh, ba largely based on your recommendation. Like if you told me, if you told me, hey, Dylan's going to put out a 17 minute song about the Kennedy assassination and it's going to be the number one most downloaded song, I would have thought you were crazy, you know? <laughs> oh, for sure. And I think most people, well, a lot of people would run from that. Even people that, uh, you know, consider themselves dylan fans right yeah. let alone people let alone people that 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 have you know either didn't grow up with him as an influence or uh you know are not really paying attention to 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 what he's uh you know to what he's doing now yeah um you know what uh, you know another thing that i you know that 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 you didn't mention uh you know is the fact that you know not only do i usually have a protest song uh in my year in mixed i pretty much every year have a have a dylan song yeah uh the guy is so prolific and uh, and he's so and he's so covered uh, that uh, there seems to always be something uh, that I find interesting um, that comes out uh, every year. And thankfully, this year we had a you know, we had a record of uh, of original music of his. I can tell you, I'm already looking forward to 2021, though, because uh, he's going to release uh uh, from the vaults, uh, some studio uh, recordings that haven't been released uh, from 1970, uh, including uh, takes with George Harrison. Um, so anybody who's a who's a who's a Beatles fan, particularly a George Harrison fan, um, I think that's going to be I, I, I think that's going to be really great. Love it. Forward to that. Yeah. Fantastic. So up next, I'm going to do a quick hit in terms of commercial pop music. I am, um, as you know, my teens, 20s and 30s, I was so anti top 40. I was such a, a snob. I'm, I'm not necessarily proud of that. And um, I've been fascinated with, I've kind of gone back to popular music, very popular music the last 15 years. A lot of it for me was through my intense uh, interest in 
like Michael Jackson's off the wall and thriller and Quincy Jones and Rod Temperton. And I'll make the argument to anybody who will listen that certainly not all of top 40, but there's a good percentage of top 40, especially the last five years. That's very, very melodic and really interesting. And sometimes you need that just escapism as of a great, you know, pop song in some cases, a pop, you know, dance track. And, um, Dua Lipa, the artist Future and Nostalgia this year. I really like this album. I think it's got great songs. I think it holds together as an album. I, I think the, the name Future and Nostalgia is, is accurate because um, there's, in, in this case, there's songs that have that, that very consciously name check, you know, disco and disco artists in the, in the 1980s, but that also sound current. And uh, uh, another, we were talking about a, a number one song. Um, Murder Most Foul. We're going to talk about a number one song that has almost nothing to do, almost no resemblance to Murder Most Foul. Uh, the song Levitating released this summer by Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa make them dance when it come on. Everybody looking for a dance floor to run on. If you want to run away with me, I know a galaxy and I can take you for a ride. I had a premonition that we fell into a rhythm where the music don't stop for For some of you who are like, hey, okay, yeah, I've heard that song a million times now. I would say I would encourage uh, folks to really give the album a chance because it's it's really cool. Um, I also think, you know, Dua Lipa is one of those artists, you know, some people will say, oh, okay, big deal, Michael. She looks like a supermodel, which is true, but she's got this very low alto voice. It's not something that you would typically hear. She writes, she picks really good co-writers. Um, she keeps it really interesting. So I'm a big fan of that song, big fan of the album as well. I totally agree with you on that. I mean, I think it's, uh, uh, it, it, it's for, for me, if you were to say, hey, Dave, uh, I'd like for you to, to uh, give a listen to a supermodel turned, uh, turned singer, I would, I would just naturally say, no, thank you. Um, and, uh, and I was originally, I was originally thrown off by the whole, uh, you know, top 40 kind of pop thing. And then also by her looks, uh, I mean, she's, she, she's just, she, she's just gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, and she dresses, you know, in, uh, this very, you know, super glamorous high fashion, um, stuff. Uh, but then started listening to it, uh, and then also kind of, uh, exploring, you know, her, her creativity, uh, and, you know, she, she's, she, she's got a bit of that Madonna about her, right. Or Beyonce, you know, where, where she has, where she's very involved in the entire, uh, creative process. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and one of the ways that of course, you know, I get turned on to things is probably different than most of your top 40 viewers. Right. I mean, I came, I really kind of came across this, uh, with her, uh, NPR, uh, tiny desk at home, uh, performance that yep. she did. Right. And, and it was one of those things where, you know, most of these, uh, this year, these tiny desk concerts, you know, are basically, you know, a person sitting on their couch, uh, you know, in their spare bedroom, uh, trying to make a little music and she comes on full band, full outfits, 
you know, kind of a stage set. It was uh, it was really great. And then she was and she was on Saturday Night Live. She made an appearance in December that was uh, that was really good. And also she she uh, she made an appearance on the uh, I, I I think she made an appearance on uh, Sound Ex- Sound Exploder, right? Uh, song exploder, yeah, yeah, song exploder, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and and it really came across. You know, you, you through that, you really hear her creative uh, part of this. That she's yep. she's not just a, she's not just the beautiful front person of uh, uh, of these uh, of these manipulative you know uh, songwriter people. Uh, yeah. That it's really it's really her stuff. So I really yeah. like that. Yeah. So yeah. So off Dua Lipa, Future Nostalgia. Dave, up next, you had. Um, uh, a song from Joshua Redman, which is this absolute all-star quartet, uh, Brad Meldow on piano, Christian McBride on bass, Brian Blade. And, you know, it's like Christian McBride. So, I, I, you know, you and I are big fans of American Pianist Association headquartered in Indianapolis. Christian McBride multiple times has been a host of the, the jazz finals. Brad Meldow. I, didn't, I never told you this, Dave. I was like over a decade ago when Redman and Meldow did their duet, I got to see the late show at Jazz Kitchen, which was just un unreal um and yet you know i hadn't listened to this album until you you mentioned it so i'm really glad it made your your list because it might have passed me by yeah i think uh i think perchance uh you know critics and music writers uh didn't give this the serious listen uh that they should have because it was a reunion um and really kind of a you know they uh, they they made this record back in the 90s uh, called mood swing, which which was they were all kind of I think on their on their way to becoming you know international jazz stars each in their own right. Yep. Uh, you know, as it turns out later, you know, they all said you know this is this was a thing that could only have come together briefly because they were all doing their own things. They were you know they were all they were all going to be big stars. Uh, but it was, but mood swings a really great record, uh, and they got back together to 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 do this to do, to do this reunion. Um, and I, I think the record is really great, uh, but what it stands for, uh, for me in 2020 is really, really important. And that's that, you know, in 2020, uh, you know, I, uh, I relied on, um, you know, relationships that were, that were like, that were like this one, uh, you know, 25 years, uh, of history, of really great people, you know, who've come in and out of my life, uh, you know, at various times um, and various intensity, uh, but who I really, uh, I really had to lean on a lot uh, this year. Um, and, uh, you know, to see these four, you know, tremendous players come back together and do this thing, you know, 25 years later, uh, it felt in some ways like, you know, like, like so many of, you know, my relationships uh, that were actually, you know, tested uh, and strengthened uh, as a result of 2020. So for so for me that there, there, there's a there's a piece of this record uh, that's that that has absolutely nothing to do with uh, with Redmond and Meldow and McBride and Blade. Right. This is yeah. just this is just this is just the way that I interpreted it. But I love this song, too. I, lo- I, I love silly. I love silly little love song, too. Yeah, so this is Silly Little Love Song. It's an original composition, the Joshua Redmond Quartet. I'm round again. I 
when I heard that, it's uh, I was originally a, a little bit caught off guard because you know I've heard you know Redman and Meldow in particular have done some pretty abstract you know post bebop, and then here you know here they are doing this kind of cool soulful uh, you know song, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I like the vibe. Well, and part of, uh, you know, part of what I do in these year-end collections, too, is, you know, for people that listen to jazz, they're familiar with, uh, you know, with these guys and are going to and are going to know it and be comfortable with it. You know, for some of, you know, some of the people that I uh, that I get this list out to jazz in some ways is a little bit uh, off put, you know, either intimidating or or off putting. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the the non melodic stuff. It are are things that it's just hard hard for people to to really uh, get into if that's if that's not what they if that's not what they listen to right if it's if it's not what they're uh, what what they're what they're used to uh, to to putting on their stereo so yeah I I, I always I always try to I, I I always try to find something um that's come out uh in in jazz you know in classical. Uh, that I listen to a lot, and that I and and that and that is that that's really really good music, uh, but that also that, that that's accessible. That people yeah. are gonna you know people are gonna want to listen to it, right? Absolutely. Well, so up next you have um, a song called "Sweet Mama" by Sleepy John Estes, and I, I'll I'll be honest, I had to go back and and read up on this. Um, so in 2020, the the B sides of Harry Smith's famous anthology of American folk music was released and and this and this comes off that uh, that uh, compilation correct right right so uh for anybody who who is not familiar with the uh with the anthology of american folk music uh go seek it out and listen to every song on it uh and just 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 immerse yourself uh in this music harry smith was this he was a record collector and it's just one of the one of the craziest characters uh that, that I can imagine um, uh, of all time, he convinced uh, Mo Ash at, uh, at Folkways Records to 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 take uh, what he what he had distilled down into this list of 80, 82 or 84 songs that he thought represented the entire kind of folk landscape in America. So they put this thing out in 1952, uh, six records it's just, it's just amazing. His, his, his line, his Harry Smith's liner notes are, uh, they're, they're amazing. The songs are wonderful. Uh, they really, they really kind of form the canon of so much Americana um, that, uh, that, that, that we listen to. I mean, whether, you know, uh, you know, whether it's Southern rock or whether it's blues uh, or, uh, you know, or, or, or anything, you know, or folk music, uh, it's updated folk music, bluegrass. I mean, all that stuff, Cajun, um, all that, all, all of it's in there. Um, yeah. And, and it really kind of presaged the, the folk music revival of the, uh, of the, of the early sixties. And so, so they've, they collected the, and so these were 78 records, you know, 78 RPM records. And the thought was, well, what's, what's on the other side of those 78s? Uh, so, so that's what the Harry Smith B-Sides is. It just came out this year. Uh, a little, uh, a little husband and wife company called Dust the Digital uh, put it out. And I, if, if you've got any interest in supporting, you know, small businesses and particularly ones that are interested in, 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 you know, crazy little projects like this, uh, check them out, you know, buy the, buy the set, you know, uh, 
Um, and then, uh, you know, another uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to put this on Sweet Mama is because uh, because playing on this record with Sleepy John Estes is Yank Rochelle uh, and uh, and folks, you know, in our hometown here, Indianapolis, uh, may know that Yank Rochelle uh, sp spent a lot of his adult time based in in Indianapolis. A lot of people don't know Yank. He was a blues mandolinist, which is not really the most common uh, instrument. Right. But uh uh, but he he was based here. I got to see him. Uh, I got to see him in the late '80s uh, here in town, and he was just he he was just wonderful. Um, you know, would see uh, got to I you know kind of ran into him one day uh, out and about in town, uh, and he just carried himself. You know, drove a big 1970s Eldorado Cadillac and and dressed like a guy who was going to a 1970s gig, right? Uh, pinstripe pants and a leather vest and uh, just uh, and 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 at that time Yank was in his was in his late 90s I mean he recorded this he recorded this thing what in like 1929 or 1930 wow Sleepy John Estes right uh, and and continued to perform all the way up until the uh, until the 90s but uh, so yeah give it a listen okay Sweet Mama featuring uh, is Sleepy John Estes featuring Yank Rochelle I say you're so deep, sweet mama, but I ain't gonna call you sweet no more. Say you used to be sweet mama, and I can't call you sweet no more. And every time I come to your house, it's a man standing in your door. I said, I'm going up the country while it's so long and cross the door. I said, I'm going up the country while it's so long and cross the door. If you don't see me tomorrow, you won't have no man at all. So that is off of Harry Smith B-Sides off the label Dust to Digital. Uh, yeah, Dave, thanks. I'll have to one, track that one, down. Go ahead. One thing, one other thing I would say about that. Yeah. I mean, this is, th this stuff is the real article, right? I mean, if, it, it, you know, if you get turned on, uh, emotionally by listening to the Rolling Stones, right, then this is, this is the, this is the wellspring for that, right? Yep. If you get, if you know, uh, and if you get turned on by music as, you know, as diverse as the Grateful Dead, right? This is the, this is the music uh, you know, that, that, that the dead's music came from too. So Absolutely. Just, I just, just love all this really, really, you know, authentic, uh, you know, originators. So I, Dave, I'm, I'm really glad you included, um, classical music selections on your list. I want to play one by, uh, Vikinger Olafsson, the arts and the hours by Vikinger Olafsson and Jean-Philippe Rameau, um, uh, which comes off an album called WC and Rameau. And this is an original composition, if I'm not mistaken, uh, from a pianist that I wasn't familiar with. Uh, what can you tell me about this composition? Yeah, so uh, Vinkiger Olofsson, um, really, really great, uh, fairly young uh, pianist, uh, has put out, you know, some, um, some, some great records over the last uh, several years. Uh, and this, uh, this comes out uh, uh, this year, um, and it's uh, selections by uh, uh, by Claude WC, who a lot of people would probably uh, recognize. 
um, that kind of uh, uh, impressionistic uh, bordering on modern music, piano music that uh, that Debussy uh, wrote. Um, and then so selections from Debussy, as well as selections by this guy, uh, uh, Rameau, who was a who was a French Baroque uh, composer. 200 years earlier, you know, so you're talking about, you're talking about the 1700s and then you're talking about, you know, uh, the, you know, the late uh, 1800s into the early 1900s uh, for WC. And uh, it's very, all the songs on this are very listenable uh, in, in, in my opinion. Um, but one of the things that I think is, one of the things that I'm, I, I'm really captured by uh, that's coming out these days uh, is is this coupling of related uh, types of music that might not otherwise be con be be thrown together in a uh, you know in in a uh, in a concert setting in an album setting um, uh, or uh, you know in a from a visual art standpoint in a museum setting right those kinds of things and what we're what we're seeing more and more are curators. Uh, you know, uh, and, you know, on the museum side uh, and musicians, you know, on the music side, taking things that you never really thought might go together. Right. Uh, and yet uh, and yet and, and yet somehow um, you uh, they they get uh, uh, they get put together. And so that's what uh, that's what the Kinger Olson did here. Uh, great. Yeah. So yeah, this 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 track is called "The Arts and the Hours." Again, this is Vikinger Olafsson. So yeah, that's great. Uh, Vikinger Olafsson. And it reminds me, Dave, um, again, to plug American Pianists Association headquartered here in Indianapolis, the uh, really the premier organization in the country and in the world for supporting young American pianists across classical and jazz. The uh, In 2021, the classical finals happened with a series of concerts among five finalists. Um, the, the best young American classical pianists, and they've gone all virtual this year. So we'd encourage anybody to um, uh, enjoy the performances. You can find out more at AmericanPianists.org. Um, and again, yeah, Dave, I appreciate you uh, including some classical selections in your, uh, your year-end list. Yeah, that's another thing I like to do is include some classical piece that I've, you know, uh, that I've been listening to that I think uh, really uh, lives up to uh, critical acclaim. Uh, but is accessible to 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 people that that might not might not necessarily uh, put classical music on, 
um, every weekend. And certainly uh, American Pianists Association, definitely follow that, uh, you know, plug into to every possible way to to listen to and and watch music in 2021 uh, virtually. Right. We're 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 a ways Absolutely. away from uh, from getting to do uh, to, to participate in this stuff in person. Um, and, uh, and, and certainly, you know, the, the impact of, uh, the coronavirus, you know, on big artists has, has been substantial. Uh, but think about all of the people that support, uh, every show every night, uh, who aren't getting, you know, aren't getting their hours, aren't getting paid. Um, and so, you know, I've tried to, to get online and, uh, and go to shows, uh, you know, as often as possible, um, uh, to try to try to try to support all those folks. Absolutely. Um, the save our stages act, which we've, you know, we've, we've heard about that the, um, the, uh, uh, independent, uh, music venue Alliance that's come together here in Indianapolis. There are so many ways that, uh, we can support live music venues so that we've got something to return to soon when we're back to, you know, doing things in, in groups again. Um, Dave, I, next up, I had a submission by Phoebe Bridgers, great young, songwriter and uh, she's had a couple solo albums out which have been good she's part of a super group with uh, called boy genius with lucy dacus and uh, julian baker but this album it got a lot of hype and i'll be honest maybe because of that i didn't get around to it for till a couple months later but this album um yeah she's got a lot of guitar based indie rock influences and things like that but it's so expansive it reminds me of albums like wilco's summer teeth um, and, and others that were just made, made a huge impact on me. The album's called Punisher and the selection that I want to play a few seconds from is, is off Punisher. It's called Kyoto. Day off in Kyoto. got a um you know a, a a maturity that's beyond her years and you know writing these songs i mean you know it takes you back to a time in your life when you're in your 20s you know trying to figure this stuff out but man i mean the the thing is so expansive i just i i have a feeling this album uh punisher by phoebe bridgers is one that i'm going to be listening to in 20 years if i'm lucky to be alive yeah it also seems to me like like one of those records that you know there 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 are people in their teens or 20s you know who are just really starting to get into good music uh and this will be a record for them you know that'll be like you know one, one of those you know 20 or 30 or 40 years from now and they'll be like yeah you know that phoebe bridger's punisher album you know was one that really kind of kind of got me going as far as as far as paying attention to to really good music i mean i, I love she's such a great lyricist uh in her way to the the way that she 
you know, she captures very, very discreet uh, kind of images or messages, but also, you know, a very, very broad, uh, you know, important themes at the at, at the at the same time. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm glad you brought up Boy Jesus. I think they're I, I think they're great. Uh, and, you know, thinking about, you know, what's uh, what's up for 2021. You know, one of the participants in that, uh, Julian uh, Baker, she's got a record that's going to come out just in early 2021 called Lydia, Little Oblivion oh, um, that I'm that I'm really looking forward to to that coming out. And, you know, she's also uh, she also participated in that Better Oblivion Community Center, which is Connor. It's a Connor Oberst you know, uh, project. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I- anything that Connor Oberst does, I follow just because it's it, he, he just is always pushing the boundaries. Yep. He's always making good stuff. And so, so you know what, by by that. some I, you, this is not a video podcast. I happen to be wearing my Saddle Creek record shop t-shirt from from Connor Obers oh, uh, label so just by some just by some coincidence yeah. I didn't plan it so yeah yeah it's yeah. fantastic that's great you know yeah. uh she also you know for any for anybody that's interested in kind of the back catalog I mean it's it's only two years ago but uh you know Stranger I think Stranger in the Alps or something like that that was her 2018 yep. record which which also is is really good I'd, I'd recommend you, you know go, going back to that that's that has that has her song Funeral uh which which has you know has one of my has one of my favorite you know lines in it that's so that's so mature I think for for a young person where she where she says something to the effect of you know uh uh I was I, I was feeling sorry for myself uh, when I realized that someone's kid died, yeah, you know, and it's like, my goodness, that is uh, that that that's that's a powerful that's a powerful line and a powerful sentiment that uh, you know that, that somebody would uh, uh, would express. And the other thing that's really important too here, at least as far as as I'm concerned with Phoebe Bridgers is, you know, uh, she had her Me Too moment, uh, hashtag Me Too moment with 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 Ryan Adams. Oh yeah, uh, you know who was a who who was an artist that I. Uh, that I held in very high esteem, but who has fallen completely off uh, because of the way that he treated women. Um, and Phoebe Bridges was one of them. And I'm just so uh, glad that she was able to, you know, uh, survive it uh, and not only survive, but uh, thrive. You know, so um, a great, great artist. I look forward to look forward to her, her, her future. She's great. So, you know, uh, Sometimes, you know, when you get to when you get to our generation, talk, we're talking like an old guy, but sometimes you think that, so I'll, I'll share this. Sometimes I think that I'm like, can anybody do anything new with the guitar based rock formula? And sometimes I get bored with it. And sometimes I come back to it through an artist like Phoebe Bridgers. Um, and we're down to our last few tracks, by the way, if you're listening. Uh, you had a submission from an Indianapolis artist. It's a it, part of a very tragic story. The great Jason Molina. Um, well, the song is called Shadow, Shadow Answers the Wall. Jason died, of course, in uh, 2013 from alcohol-related illness. And uh, Dave, can you, can you talk about this, this song, uh, Shadow Answers the Wall by Jason Molina that came out this year? Yeah, so this is a, a posthumous release of eight songs from, from his kind of catalog that, that, that's, that had not been released uh, prior to his death. Um, and, uh, and I just, I just find Jason Molina's music, uh, uh, very captivating. Um, and, uh, and, and I, uh, I, I, I always have, 
um, you know, for, for anybody who is kind of a indie rock, lo-fi, you know, kind of alt um, music fan, um, I just think, I, I think that his, the records that he put out, you know, in the, uh, you know, in the 90s uh, under, uh, under a moniker called Songs Ohio, O-H-I-A, uh, you know, songs colon Ohio. Like, where do you come up with a name like that? I don't know, but but some some really good records uh, under that name, and then uh, and then he changed the name of his band to Magnolia Magnolia Electric Company, um, and put out some put out some great records. Uh, you know, under that name. Um, you know, I think uh, you know, I, I think to bands that I really like, like Sun Volt and and Sun Kill Moon and. Uh, neutral milk hotel uh and and jason molina's music kind of fits right in there right in there for me um i come across people that 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 know him and like him i come across people that know him and are kind of uh, uh, eh, meh, uh you know uh but then but then most people just have never have never really heard of this guy at all yeah. uh and so uh i just think i put it on the list just to just so that you know to encourage people to to keep exploring and uh, keep keep finding stuff uh, that 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 will uh, you know that that they that they find captivating and Jason Molina is one. So so I have a, uh, I have a short story to share after we play the clip. I'm going to play a clip from uh, Shadow Answers the Wall. Uh, Jason Molina. got to see Jason in 2004 at the Bluebird when I was in uh, graduate school when he was he was that night he was Magnolia Electric Company and I went as a casual fan of Songs Ohio Magnolia Electric Company but it was one of those artists where live it was just like and I, I hate to do the comparison but I was like man this is like crazy horse but I think I like these songs better than yeah. crazy horse songs you know it was so cool so hopefully, uh, hopefully some other people will be turned on uh, to, to to Jason Molina uh, and and his back catalog of bands. Yep. Um, and if you're a fan of his, know that this record came out this year, and you got eight more songs to uh, uh, to listen to. That might you, be that you, world, that you didn't have that you didn't have previously. Worldwide, he might he might be Indianapolis's biggest contribution, at least on the indie guitar rock um, tradition, given his um, fans in Europe. Um, Glenn, Glenn Hansard, who was in 
uh, Swell Season and who, you know, made a tribute album. If you look up uh, the Irish artist Glenn Hansard made a great tribute album to Jason Molina. Anyway, um, the album is called uh, Eight Gates. It's a posthumous release, but a great way to honor uh, Jason Molina's music. Just got a couple more. I, you know, as you know, Dave, I'm a big um, contemporary R&B fan. And, you know, there's there's so much out there admittedly i feel like i have to sift through it and there were some great releases this year from Kehlani. you know if we had more time actually in, in contemporary pop music the um heim the heim sisters women in music is a fantastic lp the fourth album by uh, the 1975 notes on a conditional form is just great um this this next artist we just have two more two more songs left uh chloe and hallie is one of my um favorite discoveries of the past few years they're two uh they are sisters originally from atlanta most recently from los angeles in their early 20s they write and compose the tracks just all by themselves they're, they're very original they've had some great opening um opportunities to open for artists like beyonce but they're chloe and hallie and this song really hooked me this is this song is simply called do it uh by chloe and hallie from their lp ungodly hour stuff um never gets boring and i don't know i i just feel like we're going to be hearing from these two for a long time so yeah it seems to me like you know if you get the uh if you get the blessing from uh jay-z and beyonce uh that there's got to be there, there's got to be something there uh you know th th this is a you know this is a band that uh i i wouldn't come across but for uh, you know, reading, um, you know, some of the critical press and they, you know, this, the ungodly hour made, made a lot of uh, critics uh, year end, uh, year end lists. And it's obvious that they're, you know, they're very participatory in the, uh, you know, in the, in the creative uh, process. Um, and so uh, I agree. Do it's a great song too. Yeah. So too much music. We're going to, we're going to go out with um, another submission of yours, another, um, album by Jillian Welch and David Rawlings covering a song by John Prine, who we lost in 2020. And we, we lost so many great artists, John Prine, Bill Withers uh, in 2020. And um, yeah, Dave, what, what, uh, what would you like to say about this song? Well, so, you know, John Prine was a huge musical influence on me. Uh, just, just think that he's a, he's, he's an American uh, treasure um, and continue to make really good uh, records up till the end of his life. 
uh, he had a song that came out, he had a record that came out just a couple years ago uh, that a, that a track off of that uh, made my year end list. Um, but he's got a whole catalog of, of great songs with wonderful uh, lyrics, you know, kind of like what we were referring to with Phoebe Bridges, right? Which he Bridgers, which is, you know, he was able to capture, you know, the smallest moment, um, and yet, uh, you know, the the the, the biggest, uh, most important uh, ideas. Um, so very sad uh, that he died of uh, coronavirus uh, early uh, earlier in the year. Um, you know, uh, uh, my wife Emily and I tried to, you know, tried to keep it light uh as we were locked in isolation and uh so uh, we put together a couple of uh covers of 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 prines you know more humorous songs um so we did a uh, we did a cover of in spite of ourselves uh which is just a a, a great song of his of his as well as uh we put to, I, I i borrowed a ukulele and um, and we put together a cover version of Let's Talk Dirty in Hawaiian. Um, you know, so that's kind of the light, the lighthearted side of, of John Prine. But, but certainly, you know, for me, uh, Paradise, the song Paradise uh, and the song Angel from Montgomery are just, you know, two of my, you know, solid, you know, top 10 uh, all time, uh, all time songs. And, uh, uh, you know, here, uh, you know, here he, uh, uh, you know, in, in, well, h hello in there, you know, covered, uh, by Gilliam Welch and Dave Rollins, two really, really great artists, uh, you know, who, uh, go listen to everything in anything and everything that they do. They're just, they're, they're, they're just, they're just wonderful. And, um, you know, them, uh, singing harmony is, is a wonderful thing to hear. And, uh, Dave Rollins is just a, is a super great, uh, guitarist, but, you know, uh, it, it you know, in this song, hello in there, you know, there are a couple of, you know, there, there's that, there's that minute, you know, very minute songwriting technique, you know, which is that, which is that me and Loretta line, right? You know, like he, he kind of entered that idea. It's, you know, it's me and Loretta. Uh, but then, um, you know, uh, but then, gosh, I mean, there, there's, there's hardly anything, you know, more, uh, you know, uh, heart crushing, you know, particularly in 2020, uh, you know, then that, you know, then his line, you know, old, old people just grow lonesome, you know, wait, waiting for someone to say uh, hello in there. Hello. Uh, you know, and, and the other thing, you know, that's that that lyric technique, you know, it would be enough for, you know, for for them, for a for for a person waiting for someone to say hello in there. But then he but then he says hello in there. And then he, you know, says hello again. Uh, it's just be wow. beautiful. You know, just just beautiful, beautiful lyrics uh and uh great i think this is this is a great great tribute to him yeah well we're gonna go out with this dave i just want to thank you for taking the time with your annual year-end compilation i'm gonna put um all the songs we mentioned in the show notes and some additional uh suggestions and again you draw from such a wide spectrum you know it's turned you know it, it turns me on to a lot of music that i i would have missed um so again i just uh, appreciate you sharing your your uh kind of broad range of interest in music it's been it's been fun. It's a, a great thing to do. I really enjoy getting to talk to you uh, and other friends uh, about music throughout the year and uh, uh, look forward to look forward to doing this again sometime. Thanks yeah. a lot, Michael. And really, the, really enjoyed it. Thank you. And the only other thing I would say as we go out with uh, Hello in there, Jillian Welch and David Rawlings, a cover of John Prine would be 
when 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 we get the vaccine and uh, you know i i we're we're the huber family saving our money to go see some artists and support some of these venues in 2021 hopefully sooner rather than later um there's going to be a lot of a lot of great music and live music to catch up on so dave thanks so much for taking the time uh we will go out with uh uh hello in there John